Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. In Genesis 13, and we're going to talk today about you're going to make it. In Genesis 13, beginning of verse 14, the Lord says to Abram, after that lot was separated from him, he told him to do about three things in here that I want to, I want to point out to you today. And again, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, but I want to challenge you and I want to teach today. About three things that, that are really sticking out to me in this verse. The Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up your eyes. Everybody say, lift up your eyes. And listen to this, look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land that you see from the place that you are, the land that you see from the place that you are, I'm going to give it to you. But not just to you, but to your seed forever. And I will make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then thy seed shall also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land. The length of it, the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Abraham, then Abram removed his tent and came to dwell in the plain of Mamre, which is Hebron. And here's another important part. And built there an altar unto the Lord. We're going, to re- we're going to refer back to this as we go through this. I believe that we're in a season of coming out of the shadows of shame. And we're going back to last week. We're coming out of the shadows of shame. We are breaking the spirit of intimidation in our lives. I said we're breaking the spirit of intimidation in our lives. I tell you what, I need to do something right now because I know it's been a, it's been a, it's, I know it's been a long weekend. So everybody in the house say, I am fully awake and energized. All right. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Nap time is waiting this afternoon. It's not yet. Okay. It's all this coming out. We're breaking the spirit of intimidation. God is giving us, a, giving us a vision for a harvest and a new inheritance. But we're also, listen, and some of you need this today, and you need it on an ongoing basis, we are breaking the spirit of weariness. I am so aware of that. And so those are some things that are going to be broken as we go through this message and what has already been released in this house over the past few weeks. God desires, how many of you know God desires to be loved? You know, we want to, we want to love the Lord. That's obvious. It's, it's, it's so clear in his word. God wants to love us and he wants us to love him. But beyond that, God also, listen, God also wants to be believed. I said, God wants to be believed. He told Abram, he said, Abram. I want you to look from the place where you are. He said, Abram, even while you're here in this limited place that you are, look from the place where you are and enlarge your vision. You don't get there and then enlarge your vision. You enlarge your vision as you look from the place where 
you are. You see the future through your eyes of faith. And I tell you, I want to release this today. Don't you be fooled by what you see because your problem has already been dealt with at the cross. God is saying to us today, behold, I am doing a new thing. Listen to this in Isaiah 43. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? How many of you know that God is always ready to do new things in our lives? I mean, good gracious, Charlotte just preached my message in, in Hermenia. I mean, it's just awesome. To watch the flow of the Spirit of God as all three of these people came up. He's ready to do new things in our lives. And listen, he's trying to promote us, to increase us, to give us more. But the question that God asks is, do you perceive it? Do you see it? Do you see it from the place that you are? He said, Abram, the land that you see. Everybody said, see. The land that you see. What, listen to this. We have to conceive it on the inside before we're ever going to receive it on the outside. Somebody say, conceive it on the inside. Receive it on the outside. Hebrews eleven six says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's not hard to please him. It's not difficult to please him. It's impossible. That's a strong statement. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and also that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Are we in agreement? Somebody say, I agree. Or we could say this, listen. Where faith is, God is pleased. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, where faith is, God is pleased. Now, let me tell you what faith is. Faith is believing that God is telling the truth about everything all the time. I got to let you think about some of these things and process them, okay? Faith is believing that God is telling the truth about everything all the time. It's not just optimism. Now, faith leads to optimism, but it's not just being optimistic. Listen, but here's the difference. My faith has to be anchored to something. You can be optimistic and be anchored to the wrong thing and you're going to crash. My, the difference in faith and optimism is my faith is supposed to be anchored to something. And that something is someone. It's called Jehovah God. Are y'all here this morning? That, that something is someone, it's God. Listen, faith is anchored in the confidence that God will do what he said in his word. And the Bible says that faith comes by. Let's say that again. Faith comes by. Faith comes by. 
faith doesn't just come by reading. Well, you know, Brother Scott, I don't need to go to church. I got my Bible. I got everything. I don't need to go to church. Yeah, you do. Faith comes by hearing. And of course we need to read it. Yes, we need to experience it ourselves. But faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Not just reading. So you need to stay in church. The enemy tries to keep you from hearing. Now, let's go back. We're talking about uh, breaking a spirit of weariness. Have you ever noticed how much energy people have on Saturday? A hundred thousand of them will sit in the rain, soaking wet, drive three or four hours to get home through the windstorm, through the hurricane weather, energized. And Sunday morning they wake up. Oh, God, it's raining. I ain't going to church today. Stay up till midnight. And then, man, I wake up on Sunday morning. Now, listen, I'm not saying all this to fuss at you. Here's what I'm saying. There is a divine, uh, well, not a divine, there is a spiritual strategy of the enemy to wear us out. Now, I can fuss at everybody about it, or I can realize there's something else going on here, Steve. There's something else happening. And I can begin to rise up and say, you know what? The spirit of weariness and tiredness will not rule and reign in my life. You will not. Come on, somebody receive that in the house. And it's not just that. Some of you get tired. You're like, I have to believe all the time and I'm tired of fighting and I'm tired of going around this mountain and I'm, and I'm tired of dealing with these same battles and it seems like I'm, I'm stuck and I'm not getting anywhere. The enemy is trying to wear you out, give you a spirit of weariness where you quit and you give up and you just lay down. But I am declaring over you this day, listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength, weariness, and tiredness will will not rule and reign in our lives and it will not rule and reign in this house. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Mm, 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 mm. Because you know what I've discovered? The enemy doesn't want you to get here hearing the word. Faith comes by And he doesn't, want, he doesn't want you to get here and hear the Word of God because the Word of God accomplishes the will of God. Mm. Dropping some nuggets on you this morning. I hope you're getting them. The Word reveals to me what God said He will do and what He will do. And I got a word. I got a revelation for you. In the name of Jesus, you can't make me doubt it because I know too much about it. I've been there and I've done that. I've seen too much. Listen, I've been through too much. We've been through too much. You've been through too much. You have seen too much. I want you to tell somebody, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I said, you're going to make it through this. I'm declaring. 
You're going to make it. 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 Everybody's waking up. Wake them up. He's coming. Here he comes. Wake them up. Oh, are you watching me online? I said, wake up in Jesus' name. You are going to make it. You are going to make it. You are going to make it. You might have lost your job. That husband might have left you. That wife might have left you. That relationship might have fallen apart. But I declare to you this day by the word of God, you are going to make it. You are going to make it. You are not going to quit. The spirit of weariness is not going to rule and reign in your life. And that legal issue you're dealing with in the name of Jesus, I declare it is under your feet. I tell you what, the the devil hates the call of God that is on your life. Some of you in here called to write them million dollar checks and I'm telling you the devil hates it and he doesn't know every detail about it, but he's fighting it. But I am declaring to you today, the devil is a liar. He will not win and you're going to make it. I wish somebody would really believe they're going to make it. Oh, hallelujah. I receive that. I declare to you watching online, you will make it. That's the word God put in my heart. That's the word God gave me. I want you to tell your neighbor, you will come through this. Uh, You will come through this. You hear what I'm saying? You're going to come through this. So here's what we're declaring. God wants to be loved. He also wants to be believed. Now, how many of you know faith is important? But, now I told you I was going to challenge you, and I wanted to teach you a little bit today. Faith is important, but faith needs added ingredients. I figured it'd get quiet in this house when I said that. Faith needs added ingredients. Second Peter 1, 5 and 6, besides all this, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. How many of you know Galatians 5, 6 says, faith worketh by? Come on. Faith worketh by? Faith works by? You know what that, you know, I've I've asked the Lord, what, help me to understand that. And you know how God showed me that? When you discover how much God loves you, it causes your faith to work. (laughs) I wish somebody would say he loves me this morning. He loves me. When I know he loves me, coach, my faith works. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, God loves me. Faith works by love. Man, that's a revelation. Causes your a revelation of God's love for you causes your faith to work. So here's the bottom line. Paul said, add to your faith. So here's what I'm saying. I gotta make sure that my faith is mixed with the right ingredients. Can I teach you for a little while this morning? Let me tell you, back in the day when the boys were, were younger, and I know Susan will remember this, and I don't know if the boys will or not, I used to do, and this was a stretch for me, but I used to do a little baking. 
I said it was a stretch for me. I'm not kidding. A few things I made are infamous in our family. I got on this one. For a while, I decided I was going to make from scratch. I was making lemon pies. And I was like lemon, man. It's really good. So I thought, boy, these pies are really good. If I put another half a cup of lemon juice in there, they'd really be good. <laughs> to this day, they will tell you, they sat down, the boys sat down at the table and took one bite of that. And I'm telling you, their mouth drew up. But I also, during that period of time, I really enjoyed from time to time, and now you remember, I love to make chocolate chip cookies from scratch. Not the kind that you just cut them off and stick them in the oven. You know what I'm talking about? Make them from scratch. And I'm talking, man, it was a process. I mean, I had to get all the ingredients to get, you know, you know and, and get, get the brown sugar and the pecans and the chocolate chips, and I'm making some of y'all hungry already. You could smell them breaking in the house. And I'd get, it all, I'd get all those ingredients together, and you'd put everything in this big bowl, man, and you get, get down in there to your elbows and just mixing that stuff up. And, you know, then you put them on sheets. And, and I'll never forget one time I was baking them, and I suddenly realized I didn't have any baking soda. Well, my mind was like, this is a huge bowl, and I have got all the main ingredients. I mean, I have got all these other the flour and all of these things. I've got all of that. And what difference, listen, watch this. What difference possibly could one little teaspoon in that whole huge big bowl, one teaspoon of baking soda, what kind of difference could that make? My mind. Ladies are like, oh, boy, man, what a clueless guy. Exactly. I wasted all that money. I wasted all that time. That one little teaspoon of baking soda, those cookies, you could have used those things to stone somebody. They were like hard as a rock. They didn't rise. They didn't have any taste. They were awful. Those things were I had to throw them out. Because I left out one ingredient, listen, the recipe never turned out right. You got to add the right ingredients to your faith in order for your faith to produce and work and in order to get that finished product. Can I get an amen in the house today? Can I teach y'all a little bit today? And one of the things that is so important that has to be added to your faith is patience. Oh, Brother Scotty, tell me again, I'm going to make it. You're going to make it. <laughs> tell somebody I'm going to make it. And so the ingredients are so essential and so important, even what seems to be a small thing can make or break the final recipe. And why is patience important? Boy, stay with me. Because patience comes alongside faith when faith gets fatigued and tired and says, hold on, don't stop believing. Brother, would you mind standing up? You be, you be faith. 
and I'm going to be patient. Sometimes faith is walking down the road and it starts getting hit. It starts getting attacked. It starts getting kicked. It starts getting stepped on. It start and it starts limping. You know, the next thing you know, it needs a can. You know, it needs this. It's it's barely. Your faith gets attacked, and it's like it gets weary and worn, and then it starts having aches and pains, and just begins to have trials. And it's like, oh God, what in the world is going on? That's when patience comes alongside, puts its arm underneath faith, and says. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And patience says, let me have my perfect work. Let me finish what I have started. He which has begun a good work in you will complete it. And what you see right now is not how it's going to be when the story is written. I will let patience have her perfect work. And suddenly my faith begins to rise up and be strong again. And suddenly I begin to realize that what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing, bless God, hallelujah, that cane is out of the way. And suddenly I realize in Jesus' name, patience is helping me hold on. Patience is keeping me strong. Hallelujah. We, in Jesus' name, work together to see the finished product burst. Hallelujah. Ooh, I hope y'all are shouting again in a minute now because we're going to go deeper with this. Patience will hold faith up when it seems like it's not working out. Did you hear what I said? Patience helps faith keep believing. Ooh, let me show you. Let me show you. I'm, what time is it? Y'all want to hear this? Look over. Turn. Flip over to Genesis chapter 16. I want to show you something. This is the story, of course, of, of Abram and Sarah. And, and what God did for them. And we're talking about patience and how important it is, what an essential ingredient it is with our faith. But in 16, chapter 16 of Genesis, verse 1, let's, let's go through this part of this chapter. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And what we're talking about, remember, look up from the place where you are. They were in a place where there were no children birthed at this point. Had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And if you read the last part of verse 2, it says, And Abram he did the voice of Sarah. He said, oh, woman, you have heard from God. You're a prophetess. I bear witness. I'll take one for the team. Come on, let's get real up in here. <laughs> Read your Bible. <laughs> oh, boy. Verse 3, then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, gave it to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. 
after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. Listen to this. Boy, you, we, read, we misread this story so much. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Listen to this. She got an attitude. Not Sarah. She got an attitude towards Sarah. I got his baby. What you think about that? I'm doing something for him you can't do. I mean, this thing got rough. I can almost imagine Abram taking Ishmael over, dropping him off to visit with his mama. Sarah saying, you sure was over there a long time. Y'all so quiet in here. You don't know whether to laugh or cry. Now I realize it might probably be a little bit different, but you know what I'm talking about. Is there something still going on? What's going on? You sure was over her house a long time dropping that boy off. What y'all doing over there? She got an attitude. Come on. I'm glad somebody real up in here. She got an attitude, but she got an attitude towards Sarah. You know, amen. She got an attitude with her. Let me tell you, ladies, if you think, some of you young women need to hear this. If you think just causing him to get you pregnant is going to mean you got him, you got another thing coming. Because here's why she got an attitude. She had his baby. Sarah still had his heart. So anyway, she got an attitude, so that's not going to work. That's not what I'm talking about. Then Sarah said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. I gave you my maid to your embrace. And when she saw that she conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. And Abram said to Sarah, indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do what you want. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from the presence. The angel of the Lord found her in the spring of water of the wilderness and said, Go back and deal with this. And uh, she goes back. She, the angel of the Lord said, Return to your mistress. Submit under her hand. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants. He gave a promise to her. The angel of the Lord said, Behold, you're with child. You're bare son. He'll be a wild man. You're, and, of course, you know the rest of the story. And uh, Hagar bore Abram a son. And, of course, named him Ishmael. What are we talking about? We're talking about patience. Ishmael is an evidence of impatience. Are you with me? Ishmael, when an Ishmael is birthed in our lives, it is an evidence of impatience. Acting impatiently will give birth to something. Are you hearing me? 
And here is what the conclusion is of this. Acting impatiently comes from the conclusion, listen, God's way is not working. I'm going to do this myself. That's why you've got to have patience to partner with your faith. God's way is not working. I'm going to take care of this myself. Come here, Hagar. You want something so badly, listen, that you're willing to settle for an Ishmael. But I got a word for you. You can have your Ishmael, but trouble's coming with him. Ooh, I told you I was going to challenge you this morning to challenge all of us. And what happens is, listen, Abram and Sarah made an idol out of Ishmael. So, I need patience so I don't make idols out of what I'm believing for or the manifestation. You follow me? Am I losing you? Are you here? Everybody say, I'm here. We need patience so that we don't act out of the will of God in trying to force the manifestation to come. Another way other than how God has it designed to come. Wanting something so badly, you're willing to violate everything God has said. You're willing to violate the plan of God. You're willing to violate the word of God. You're willing to go outside the lines of the parameters of God's plan in order to get it. Whatever it takes, I'm willing to do that to get it. Are y'all here today? Come on. So what's really first isn't God, it's the results. Do you hear what I just said? So basically what's really first, it really isn't God, it's what I want. I got to cheer y'all up. Tell somebody you're going to make it. God is no longer God to me. He's just a means to an end. He's just who I use to get what I want. Now, let's go back to the original story. Abraham, Abram did something powerful. After God spoke to him and said, Abram, can you see from where you are? Do you see the promise that I'm giving you? Can you see it from where you are? Even before you get there. Let me birth it in you. Can you see it, Abram? Abram can see it. But Abram does something at the close of that chapter that is powerful. If you look back in the verses that we read, you'll find that Abram built an altar. He built an altar. Everybody say he built an altar. We always need to build an altar. And I'll tell you why. Because the plans of God 
are revealed in the presence of God. And the purposes of God are birthed in the presence of God. That's why we need to make worship and the presence of God a priority in our lives. Are you following me on this? He built an altar because he wanted to make sure that the promise that God had given him, that the vision that God had spoken to him was going to be saturated in the continual presence of God. Oh, I, I got to tell you something. Let's see if I can figure out a way to say this. I wrote it down somewhere. And just give me a second here and see if I can, I can find it. I might have to go get my notebook back there. Here it is. We won't be victorious apart from the continual presence of God. How many of you are believing for something in this house? Wave at me. All right, for the rest of you that aren't believing, you believe with me. We will not be victorious apart from the continual presence of God because the plans and the manifestations of God are birthed in the presence of God. That's why it's important. Listen. That we come into the house and we worship. Service doesn't start when I start preaching. The presence of God is essential. It is vital. It is so, so very important. Abraham built an altar every time he had an encounter with God. Now, I don't want to use God just to get out what I want. And then if I see it's not working out as fast as I want it to work out, I'm out of here. I'm going to find me a Hagar. But here's the good news. Can you use some good news? Don't get condemned over this. Because impatience is God's way of exposing idols in our lives. Thank you. One person got it. I said impatience is God's way of exposing idols in our lives. In other words, when I get to the point that I find myself willing to step outside of the plan of God in order to get what I want, I have created an idol. Mm. And God is trying to help us not end up with an Ishmael. He's not trying to torture us. He's just trying to show us some things. So while you're waiting, you'll discover who your gods really are. When you're in that waiting, how many of you are waiting on something? We're going to find out who our God really is while we're waiting. God wants to give me the fulfillment without making an idol out of happiness. Whenever you're willing to abandon God's way to get results, it exposes idols. God is always saying to us, I love you. I want the best for you. Trust me. Do it my way. You'll come through this. But James, we've already quoted it, says, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. Listen to this. 
wanting nothing. Completely satisfied. Satisfied. Wanting nothing. Tell somebody, you coming through this. Come on, tell somebody you're going to make it. Declare, I want you, in fact, let's, let's declare it. Everybody say, I will, I will. make it through this. God's way. Let me tell you, here's the good news. Abraham had a moment. He messed up. Him and Sarah, they, they, just, they wanted it so bad, they went outside of the boundaries and the realm of God, and they had a moment. How many of you, and listen, don't be judging Abraham. Don't be judging Sarah. How would you like for your life story to be put up on the screen? I don't want mine up there. No, thank you, ma'am. I'll tell you the parts I want you to hear. Thank you very much. Abraham and Sarah had a moment. They messed up. But here's the good news. Somebody say good news. Somebody say good news. Even though they made a mistake with Ishmael, God still gave them an Isaac. Hallelujah. I want somebody to say, my Isaac is on the way. My God. So, the grace in all of this is that we are all imperfect. We've all had some Ishmaels in our lives, but they learned their lesson and they moved on, and you've learned your lesson and you're moving on. I want you to say with me, I've learned my lesson and I'm moving on. In fact, let's, let's declare it again today. Everybody say, I will make it. I will make it. Through this. God's way. And I'll tell you why. Because God is a God of restoration and new beginnings. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God is a good God. And we sang about it this morning so powerfully. And He delights and showing mercy. Listen to this. And mercy will triumph over judgment. He's a God of restoration, a God of new beginnings. His people shall never be put to shame. Not only that, God's promise is this. He rolls back the reproach of our widowhood. He's rolling back our reproach. He declares that we shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. He provides bread for the eater. Everything that God does from salvation to justification revolves around the restoration of his people, his creation, and his rule and reign in the earth. i got to read a verse to you. I'm going to tell you something. God is a rich God. Come on, I'm getting your attention now. Everybody look up here. God's a rich God. Tell your neighbor, God's a rich God. God's a rich God. Now, let me tell you, though, what God is rich in. How many are, are we? Let's, let's establish this. Are we in agreement that God is a rich God, Coach? Are we in agreement? Somebody say, God's a rich God. But let's find out what he's rich in. He's rich in a lot of things, but I'm going to tell you something that most people don't realize. In Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse 4, it says this, but God. That's a whole message right there, but God. But God, who is rich in If you're rich in something, how many, how many of you know that means you got a lot of it? God, who is rich in what? Mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when, even when I was saying, Hagar, come here. Even when I was willing to have an Ishmael. Even when I was willing to go outside of his plan, even when we were dead in trespasses, he has made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Keep going with those verses. And raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, but at the time this was written, he is getting ready to prophesy about the age to come, the ages to come. We are that place. We are the ages to come. How many of you know that was in the future? Come on, y'all here this morning? That verse was written to a church in the future. We are, tell your neighbor, we are the age to come. That in ages to come, he might show the, here it is again, the exceeding richest what? Of his? I want you to say there's grace for that. Somebody say there's grace for that. Come on, I hope you're getting a hold of this. I think I'm getting it more than you are. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow. So our entire life in Christ revolves around experiencing the supernatural goodness, grace, and mercy of Almighty God. He delights in showing mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. His entire intention for us is to experience, listen, his kindness to us in every season of our lives while we walk on this earth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He wants to show us his exceeding riches of grace and kindness. And here's how we could just say it, just plain and simple, and we're going to close. God wants to be nice to us. Some of you are like, I'm telling you, God wants to be nice to you. He loves me. He loves you. His grace and kindness and mercy are continually being poured out and reaching out to us. And he's constantly looking, listen to this, for a way to redeem us from the mess that we get ourselves into when we get impatient and we get out on our own. I'm telling you, if God can redeem Abram and make his name Abraham and change Sarah's name to Sarah, if God can redeem Abraham, if God can redeem Sarah, if God can turn it around for them, God can turn it around for you and me. Hallelujah. He's an awesome God. 
So he wants to be nice to us forever. I'm going to close, but I want to pray for you. Don't, don't. Everybody jump up and run out. I got something I want to do for you today. God's goodness to us is a sovereign declaration of who he is and who he has decided that we're going to be. So, what am I saying in this today? I'm saying if you'll be patient and trust God, you're going to make it. I said if you'll be patient and trust God, you're going to make it. The final chapter has not been written yet. And God specializes in doing things that man considers impossible. How many of you received that today? Now, I want some of you to be honest enough today to say, Brother Scotty, and this is who I really want to pray for right now. I have been dealing with a spirit of weariness and tiredness. And let me tell you how, I, how you know it's, if that's you. If right now me saying that makes you think, I am too tired to walk up to the altar. <laughs> That is an indication. Now, I don't confess to be the smartest guy in the room, but I tell you what, I've got a feeling that maybe if you're feeling a little like you're just too tired to even walk up to the altar, that can be you. If getting up and facing every day, listen, we're having a great time. It's so much fun. But if getting up and facing every day, you're just tired and you just don't feel like God, I just, you know, it's all I can do to face another day. It's all I can do to get out of the bed. It's all I can do some days just to make myself keep going. You're under spiritual assault. This is not just normal. I said, come on now, you can start, you can reason it all the way if you want to. But I know what I'm talking about. There was a couple of days this past week, I felt like that none of you were getting bothered by any demons because every one of them was after me. <laughs> felt that way. And guess what? Some of you felt the same way. You know what I'm talking about. You felt like, my Lord, have mercy. I must have a target on my back and my mind and my, and my emotions. I'm telling you, God wants to revive in you strength, energy, hope, excitement, instead of getting up every morning thinking, oh no, another day, getting up thinking, I wonder what my awesome God is going to do for me today and in me today and through me today and around me today. I wonder what great thing God has planned for me today. I wonder what truth God is going to speak to my heart today. I wonder what powerful thing God's going to do in me and for me and through me. God's got good things for me today. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.